Hey everybody, welcome to uh, Here's the Deal with Rick Countryman. It's uh, Wednesday, September 14th. If you're, uh, you know, if you want to know what date it is uh, or if you're watching live, I'm thankful for all of you that are listening to this on the podcast. You guys are doing a great job uh, giving me five star ratings and leaving. Um, uh, you know, some sort of comment that really helps. Okay. The more of you that leave a rating and make a comment, it really helps. And I'm grateful to all of you that watch on the Facebook, uh, broadcast. Some of you are watching it live right now. Some of you, uh, watch it at some other time, but either way, I know there's thousands of people out there kind of paying attention and I'm glad. Make sure you tell your friends, uh, about uh, about the program. Uh, if you're new to Here's the Deal with Rick Countryman, uh, my name is Rick Countryman. Okay, it's my show, and I've been a pastor for in a local church for uh, about 40 years. So I've been engaged in ministry, youth ministry, men's ministry. I was a senior pastor at a church. I'm an associate pastor now. And um, all these podcasts or broadcasts uh, I, I hope accomplishes, it gets you thinking about theological issues, biblical uh, issues. Last week, I started kind of a part one of maybe a four-part little series on verses every man needs to know and understand. And that doesn't mean that somehow, you know, women should know these verses. They should. But I was just kind of sitting around thinking a few weeks ago when I started kind of putting together uh, these important passages that I thought every man should know. Now, every word in the Bible is from God. They're all super important, okay? Every, every word, not just the ones that are written in red, but every word of God is super, super important and valuable. I'm just simply saying, hey, look, if I had 10, 15, 20 verses that I wished every man knew, the, these would be those verses, at least today. Because I think they tell a story that every man needs to be able to tell, every woman, woman needs to be able to tell. And so last week, I, I gave you the first five. I laid a foundation, and, and I think these first five are pretty clear. Everybody needs to know Genesis 1.1. That in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Ex nihilio, out of nothing, God created everything. And if you haven't listened to last week's uh, broadcast or podcast, I, I, I think you should. I think you'll, it'll be a blessing to you. That's the first verse that I think every person should know. The very first verse in the Bible. You need to understand that God was the one who created everything. The second verse I shared last week was Genesis 1.26, where God says, hey, let's, let's make man in our image. Let's make human beings in our image. And so God creates everything ex nihilio, but when he creates human life, we're different. Human life is different than all, you know, other life forms. We were actually created in God's image. That's what gives human life uh, dignity. We call it the sanctity of human life. And then I shared we every man needs to know Genesis 2.15, which I believe is the mandate for every man. It says, 
that the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend it and watch over it. And you need to remember, this is pre-Eve. Eve hasn't been created yet. Sin has not entered into the equation of life. And here we have God who's made man, and he now puts him into the garden to do two things. One was to tend it, and one was to watch over it. And I believe that that is the mandate for every single man on planet Earth, that God wants us to be men who work and care and tend. And if, like I said, if you didn't listen to the broadcast last week, you, you, you should. Then the fourth verse was uh, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, The serpent, that was the devil, was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? This is important to know uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think this demonstrates clearly to me that uh, the man sat down with the woman and told the woman uh, what God had shared with him. In other words, God told Adam, don't eat from the tree, right? Eve hadn't been created yet. So how did Eve know that they weren't supposed to eat? Because Adam had a Bible study with his wife. Adam was the one who told his wife, hey, listen, we're not supposed to eat from the tree. But we also see the second major thing we see here is Satan's strategy. And he still uses that strategy today in our lives. And that is really, did God really say that? Did God really mean that? Isn't the Bible kind of an old, outdated book? Is it really something you can base your life on? And so Satan's strategy hasn't changed. Uh, since the first two people were on planet Earth to today. And then the last verse we looked at last week was Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6. It says, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. And uh, last week I shared with you, this is the very first uh, moment in history where we see a lack of male leadership. When Satan was trying to deceive Eve into eating the fruit, when Satan was trying to deceive Eve, Eve into breaking his law, the man was standing right there. He wasn't out in the wilderness picking berries somewhere. He was right there. And instead of stepping up and knocking the fruit out of, you know, the devil's hand and telling him to scram and, and, and taking his woman inside the house and saying, whew, that was close. We were, we almost blew it. He did nothing. He just stood by and allowed his wife to, um, disobey God. And then, he willingly ate. The woman was deceived. The man willingly disobeyed God. And that's where we landed last week. So now I'm going to give you part two um, uh, verses that every man needs to know. This would be the sixth verse. And you're going to kind of see the progression and why I think these verses are so important. 
that we understand. And that is Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Romans 5 verse 12, which says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. In other words, when you read Genesis chapter 3, when Adam ate the fruit in the New Testament, Paul is telling us here, look, when that moment happened, when, when, when Adam disobeyed God, it not only messed up Adam and Eve's life, but it brought sin into the very, into the very equation of life. In fact, what we read here is kind of, um, kind of tells us a couple things. Number one, Adam wasn't some mythological character. Okay. But Paul is referring to this moment in history as if it was an actual historical moment, which it was. Uh, he, he, he's, he's referring to Adam as if he was a real person who lived a long time ago. And he was. And what he's telling us here is this, is that when Adam made the decision to disobey God, sin against God, everything changed. It messed up everything. It ruined the relationship between Adam and God, and it also ruined the relationship between you and God and me and God. And how did that happen? How did Adam's sin mess up your relationship with God and my relationship with God? In fact, I want you to know, it so messed up some of your relationships that you don't even believe in God anymore. That's what happened in Genesis 3 when Adam made the decision to sin. It so goofed everything up that some of you that are listening to this right now, maybe you're watching this right now, you don't even believe in God. That's the power that that moment had in Genesis chapter 3. But I want you to understand my seventh verse that every man needs to understand is Romans 3.23, where it says, for everyone has sinned. Everyone, you, me, it doesn't matter who it is, the Pope, uh, Mary, it doesn't matter, Mother Teresa, Billy Graham, it doesn't matter who the person is. Everyone has sinned. Everyone has fallen short of God's glorious standard. Yes, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. But to be way more specific, every man needs to understand that that moment in Genesis 3 impacted their life too. It brought sin into the equation of life. We all have been impacted by sin. We've all sinned. We've all blown it. We've all disobeyed God. We've all said things that we know are wrong. We just know it. We've done things that we know are wrong. We all have regrets. We all have guilt. Sin caused all kinds of crummy thoughts to come into our minds, and it caused us to do all kinds of crummy things. You see, every broken marriage, every broken friendship, every argument, every disagreement, every evil thought, every evil word, every evil deed, every good deed undone, every good thought unthought of, every good word unsaid can be attributed to sin, can be attributed to what happened in Genesis chapter 3. Because of sin, there are tears and pain and war and fighting and anxiety and discord and unrest and fear, worry, there's sickness, death and famine, earthquakes, pollution, and any other, you know, thing that mars the, the planet. 
But worst of all, the worst thing sin did was it messed up our relationship with God. That's what it did. That's the worst thing that sin did. My <coughs> my uh, uh, eighth verse, as we move along, is Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. And that word wages is an accounting term. It simply means that that's what we've earned. That's what's due us. Um, when you go to work and maybe you work at McDonald's and you flip hamburgers for eight hours a day, at the end of the week, after you work 40 hours or whatever it is, you're given a paycheck. It's your wage. It's what you earned. It's what's due you. And the Bible says what's due you, the wage of your sin is death. And as I said, it's obviously physical death. Every one of you is going to die. I was looking at some pictures of me when I was, you know, little, and then I saw one of me in third grade, and then I saw one of me in fifth grade, and then I saw one of me in high school, then I saw one of me in college, and then I, and then look at me now. My hair has turned colors. I never used to have to wear glasses. Why is all this happening? Because of sin. My body's decaying. God told Adam, if you eat from that fruit, you're going to die. They should have died that moment, but God's grace was extended and they didn't die at that very moment, but they did die. All of us are going to die. Our bodies are decaying. Every single person is going to be swallowed up with death. But the greater death isn't that we die physically. The greater death that we experienced because of sin was the death between our relationship with God. It died. And as I said earlier, some of you, it died to the extent that you don't even believe in him. That, 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 the, the death, man, is, is just, you, you don't even believe. I used to be there. There was a time in my life when I was so dead, I didn't believe in God. Nothing to do with God. And so that's going to bring me to the ninth verse, and I'm going to land the plane. Okay? So, so we ended the first five verses last week with sin, you know, being committed by Adam and Eve. You get to this next section of five verses, and we see that that moment in Genesis 3 has impacted all of us today in the year, you know, 2022, uh, or whatever the date is you're, you know, you're as you're listening to this. But the ninth verse is important too, because it says this in 1 Peter 5, 8, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, stay alert, watch out your great enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. You see, yes, yeah, something really crummy happened in Genesis 3, thousands of years ago. The devil was prowling around and found Eve and deceived her, found Adam and literally somehow got him to just flat out disobey God. He's still around. He's prowling around. And what Peter tells us is that we got to stay alert. We got to stay awake. We, 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 we got to watch out because we have an enemy. Peter says it's your enemy. He didn't say it was the church's enemy or the pastor's enemy or the missionary's enemy. You know, he, he, he said it was your enemy. 
your great enemy. He prowls around and he's looking, just looking for somebody to devour. He's looking for the next Adam, for the next Eve. He's just looking to mess up a life. In fact, he has his PhD in messing up lives. When you went to bed last night, you know what? He didn't sleep and his demons didn't sleep. They were up all night just trying to figure out how to mess up your life, mess up your marriage, mess up your business or whatever it might be. The 10th verse, the last one I'm going to look at today, I'm going to take these in groups of 10, is this. Paul gives us some really important information in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And what Paul's telling us here is this, is that the enemy that we have is not flesh and blood. It's it's not your wife or it's not your husband, right? Now, he's so good at what he does, he can make you think that the enemy is your wife. He can make you think the enemy is your husband. He can make you think that the enemy is your parents. He can make you think that the enemy is your boss. But that ain't your enemy. You got one, but it ain't your spouse, and it's not your kids, and it's not your parents, it's not your grandparents or grandkids or whatever. Your enemy is a spiritual enemy. It's the devil and the demons. That's who the real enemy is. We don't wrestle around, you know, with human things. Now, like I said, it looks like that and it can feel like that at times. But the reality is, Paul is telling us, look, if you're a follower of Jesus, the enemy's still out there, just like he was in the garden, just like he, 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 he was when Adam and Eve were the first two people on planet Earth. And their struggle obviously wasn't against each other. Their struggle was against the actual devil in the garden. And we're just the same. It may be thousands of years later. There may be, you know, seven billion people on the planet now. But we got the same problem that Adam and Eve had. And that is there's a devil and he's real and he's your enemy. He's my enemy. And that's who the real enemy is. It's not your brother or sister sitting in your small group. It's not your brother or sister sitting next to you in church. It's not your wife. It's not your husband. You got an enemy and he's real. And we all need to, as Peter said, stay alert. We need to watch out for our great enemy. So that takes us through, uh, this section of verses. So I've now looked at 10. I've been asked to post these verses on the uh, Here's a Deal uh, website, and I will do that, uh, these first 10 verses. Remember, if you like the program, leave me a five-star rating. If the program's been a blessing to you, hey, would you leave a comment there in the uh, on the podcast? Uh, leave a comment on, you know, Facebook. I, I read them all. I don't necessarily answer them all, but I read them all. Thank you, everybody. Love you. See you next Wednesday, Lord willing.